0: podcast is part of the sports
1: social podcast network hey Cobbers from the land down under this is the cricket badger big bash daily podcast whether you're with the strikers the stars or the sixes you might be a renegade enjoy the heat love the thunder like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes
0: brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tie your kangaroo down put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun
1: it's going to be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello, everybody. Welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily. I'm James Butler, the Cricket Badger. Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for the continued support of these Big Bash Dailies, snapping up the right mortgages for you. Blue Croc money on Twitter bluecrocodile.co.uk and today in the Big Bash we've seen well at the top end of the table clash the Sydney Sixers who have been leading the Big Bash for some time now have come out victors against the Purse Scorchers my boys my brave boys in Orange fell just a little bit short today Josh Felipe the Chief Destroyer we'll talk about him a little bit later as well but the Perth Scorchers 163 for 7 and the Sydney Sixers chased it down fairly comfortably in the end with that 7 balls remaining 164 for 3 they made. The Sixers are top. They've accelerated, they extended their lead at the top of the BBL ladder, looking very, very good for the playoffs. I think it would be a major shock now if they didn't make it through to the uh, final five. To help me talk about that, and we'll also have a little bit of a chat about the uh, two big test matches going on around the world at the moment. It's Ash Turner and it's Rito Mitra. And, And Rito, the Sixers, I mean, they've looked good for some time. They are the defending champions. It's tough to argue against their credentials at the moment. I mean, Perth Scotches have been playing good cricket of late, and the Sixers have, uh, have won an important game there, haven't they, today?
2: Oh, yes, James, as you mentioned, Perth Scotches, they're the form team right now, I thought and to win so dominatingly against them. Well, Perth got off to a bizarre start. I, 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 oh, they were 103 for one after of, of 10 overs, and from there to restrict them to only 163 and to chase it down comfortably, it really shows the quality that Sydney Sixers have got in the side.
1: Yeah, they lost Jason Roy at 76, and then Liam Livingstone, who was the top scorer for the Perth Scorchers, fell when it was 103, as Rito said. And then from there, the Sydney Sixers really did turn the screw. Ash, it's in- interesting to see the Perth Scorchers they've been in really good nick and they've risen into the playoff positions and again they're, they're another side who well, despite the fact he's fairly close in that middle table it'd be hard to argue against their credentials to make the top five that was a big game for Perth today wasn't it against the Sixers a chance to judge themselves against the the form team arguably in the competition and just come up short today Perth
0: yeah big game for Perth obviously they knew they were playing top of the table and I think the Sixers showed clearly why the top of the table and why they're probably favourites for the trophy uh, Perth was an odd one today I've they were looking so, so good with Livingston, absolutely flying. And as just said, they were 103 for one after 10. They said a massive boost total. They obviously got the boost point. But then they took the surge straight away, which I know is something a lot of people have been calling for and shouting for that people should take their surge earlier. And it just all went wrong. Livingston went off the first ball of it, trying to go big and getting it wrong. Players that came in seemed to again be thinking, oh, it's Serge, I need, to, I need to go big here. And wickets tumbled and they ended up with a score that was probably 20, maybe 25 short of being enough against a very strong Sixers team. But Perth will definitely be in the playoffs. I think the top three are more or less guaranteed to go through. And it's just a case of trying to finish as high up as they can now. So they get, they've got less games to get to the final, really.
1: Uh, Jason Roy, 21, Liam Livingston, 67 and Colin Monroe 34. So the top three all contributing meaningful uh, um, runs for Perth, the uh, top end of their scorecard. But then it's 1, 2, 1, 12, 6 and 8 making up the rest of it. The uh, middle and lower order not able to back up the uh, the top order there. And what Ash said there, Rito, is, I mean, taking the, the... the uh, power surge when they did. I've not seen any evidence at the moment yet that a team who loses a couple of wickets very early on in the power surge is, has got the ability to kind of take the foot off the gas and, and recalibrate. They they just seem to go for broke and sometimes it is broke.
2: Yeah, Times pundits have said that sides have left the power surge too late. Now, now today, uh, Perth Scorchers, your team, took it at the very earliest moment, as soon as it was possible to take it. And then of the first, volume, Liam Livingstone got out. So there is still some debate when to take it off, or take it and when not to take it. So I think Perth got it wrong today.
1: Josh Felipe, um, Ash, I mean, we talked about him before, but he's obviously a massive talent and, and very, very promising Australian player. And he seems to be uh, really warming up to the challenge of this big bash now. 84 from 62 balls for him, 10-4s and a 6 for the opening batsman. And he's a player that yeah as we said he's going from strength to strength and when he's in form Sydney Sixers have got one of the best players in the tournament at the moment
0: yeah it's becoming a bit deja vu this it seems every time the Sixers appear we end up talking about Josh Felipe but he's just such a good talent and as you say he's in red hot form I think he'd probably been up there for most people to be top run scorer and probably one of the younger players of the tournament and it's just showing why and how he's playing at the moment you've just got to be thinking what a career he's got ahead and IPL team's got to be looking at him Australia have got to now be thinking how do we get him into the team because this year we've got a World Cup and at the moment he's probably looking like the best young Australian talent possibly one of the best talent, young talents in the world when it comes to T20 cricket so I've, I think he's got to be at the World Cup where, where Australia fit him in another matter but yeah he's been brilliant so far In changing times like these make a change yourself buy your own home Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time buyer deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite, they're just straight talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile.
1: Hi. If Australia used their domestic T20 competition as a gauge to form and how players play T20. Josh Felipe's got to be in the discussion, hasn't he? It's, it's, I mean, it's a surprise to me that he's actually not really had a cap for Australian ball cricket. Got to be only a matter of time. They've got to try and get him in somehow, haven't they? That's
2: surprising for me as well. What he has shown us in the BBL, that what he is capable of. Australia must try him out now with the T20 World Cup in India later this year. He must be in their team. He is just too destructive.
1: And the, the other man that uh, fired Ash for the uh, Sixers today was the Englishman James Vince, who's uh, having a decent big bash, isn't he? 52 from him from 35 balls, five fours and a six for him at number three. We all know, I mean, he, he's an uh, incredibly frustrating player in terms of England. Um, level because when he gets in there he gets in gets to twenty twenty six and then edges to uh, slip or to keeper but domestic level he's as good as anybody I, I, you know he's got every shot in the book
0: oh yeah James Vince is he's, he's just brilliant to watch when he when he gets going because as you say he's got every shot and every shot just looks text looks beautiful to watch but he's just got that. That sort of knack of sadly getting himself out when he, when he looks like he's in. When he, and often he, he fails to get that big score today. He got, he got the 50. He looked really good. But again, you just sort of thought, oh, if only he could have just kept himself in and got an extra 15, 20 runs, been not out at the end. He'd have been a real contender towards man the match alongside Felipe. And surely it would just done his confidence and his standing with fans of across the globe. Just that little bit more good because, sadly, as good as he is, he's still well known for just falling short when when it matters, really.
1: I think the Sixers will take the runs he scored today. That gets some across the line against the Perth Scorchers. Potential banana skin for the Sixers. But that win for them, as I say, it consolidates their position at the top end of the table. 11 games played now for the Sydney side. 32 points and it stretches their lead above the Thunder. They'll have played a game less but they will lead now nine points at the top of the big bash. The Thunder are on 23 from 10 games played. And then we got a bit of a logjam in that middle table. And that was, that's what makes this race for the uh, top five playoffs so exciting as we go through this. I mean, the Sydney Thunder, you think maybe just got enough, but they've still got a bit to do. Perth Scorchers are on 21 from 10. Melbourne Stars, a point back, 20 from 10, alongside the Brisbane Heat on 20 from 10. Adelaide Strikers, 20 from 11. And the Hobart Hurricanes, 19 from 10. So four points. And it's four points for a win if you collect the Big Bash boost point. Separate the Thunder in second and Hobart Hurricanes in seventh. There is not much between these sides, um, Rito, as this table stands at the moment. It's basically whoever uses their last three or four games the best is going to get in the playoffs.
2: All about the business end of the tournament. And now teams don't want to lose any game, really. They want to stay, get into that top five some of my team, Sydney Sixers, they are at the top of the table currently. And hopefully they will stay there and get a double bite at the cherry.
1: Well, you made sure you mentioned that, that you are the Sydney Sixers fan rep on there. And there's not much else to say about them. They're playing really good cricket, aren't they? And look, the best team in the Big Bash as we stand. But, you know, they still got to get through the playoffs. It's all right, topping the ladder, Rito. It gives you a better chance in that playoff race, as we, as we mentioned on the podcast the other day. Teams one and two in the ladder, play each other, whoever wins that goes straight into the final. So you can avoid uh, all of those knockout banana skins if you can win that first qualifier. But they've still got to do that, haven't they? And you can win all of these games in the Big Bash uh, ladder, but in the group stage, but the playoffs, it's almost start again. And we have seen teams in franchise tournaments around the world, Rito, that have dominated the league and then have fallen short in the playoffs.
2: Yes, James, it's obviously about playing well in the playoffs or topping the league League is something, but not playing well in a the- playoffs doesn't matter anymore than about topping the league. So, 76ers, previously they have done well in the playoffs and I'm hopeful that this year also they will do well and win the championship
1: I mean, Ash, ultimately, you don't get anything for winning the league, do you? You just, you just basically get a better passage through the playoffs. So um, the Sixers will have to regroup and go again, won't they, for the knockout phase, as will whoever finishes in second.
0: Yes, that's, I guess, what some people call the downside, I guess, of, of using a playoff system, a knockout system, is that you've put all that hard work in, you've played every team twice, you come out on top and Sixers, looking like they'll come out comfortably on top, but you get nothing really tangible for it. But you get the easier way through in the playoffs, and I guess we always talk about the best players and the best teams perform when it matters most so it's just a case of once that qualifier comes then hopefully once the final comes for the Sixers, they they've got to make sure they're on the ball just as much as they have been for all of the group games
1: bluecrocodile.co.uk sorts your mortgage in a snap are you a first time buyer with your eyes on that dream house are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal Let Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you. 10% deposit mortgages are returning. If you need to know how much you can afford to borrow, just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. I think this discussion for the bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match might be quite a short one because there is a certain Josh Felipe who uh, has played rather nicely for the Sydney Sixers today to avoid any mishaps in that chase of the uh, 164 for three they got in the end to win the game by seven wickets. Felipe, 84 runs, 52 balls, 14s fours, 1-6. I'm just going to ask both of you at the same time, have you got any objections? Are there any other candidates? Is Felipe, the bluecrocodile.co.uk cricketer of today match.
2: Yes, Ash?
1: Yes, definitely. Rito?
2: Well, James, uh, I would say yes, Josh Phillippe would be our cricketer of the match, but a special shout out to Jake Paul. His double strike in that first power surge over really changed the momentum of the innings.
1: Good shout that as well, because Jake Paul had a bit of a ropey start to the uh, Sixers campaign and he's uh, coming, coming good for them now. Um Hard to come into a tournament that's already fully going and you've spent your two weeks in Isolation, and then you're expected to hit your straps quickly. Jake Ball growing into the tournament, but I think unanimously today, and I'm sure listeners, you agree. Josh Felipe for his 84, leading the Sydney Sixers uh, to the win against the Perth Scorchers, is our Blue Crocodile.co.uk cricketer of today's match. Mortgages are simpler than you think when you have a crocodile on your side. Blue Crocodile, making mortgages snappy and simple. Visit bluecrocodile.co.uk, follow them on Twitter at Blue Croc Money, or find them on Facebook. Blue Crocodile. Right, let's start off in Sri Lanka with our Test Match uh, coverage on this uh, podcast today. We've seen England um, probably having their, well, they've had their worst day of the uh, Test Match so far. Um, Joe Root finishing with 228. And at the close, Sri Lanka 156 for two. They trail by 130 runs at stumps on day three. Slightly curtailed with bad light at the end. But we've got the majority of the day's play in. And the Sri Lankans showing some fight today, which is good to see, Rito. You know, you, you don't turn up for a test match and expect it to be one-way traffic all the way through. And good to see Sri Lanka actually showing some application second time around.
2: Well, Sri Lanka has had a quite a very good day today. Firstly, dismissing the England batsman for 100, out taking the six wickets for 100, and then showing showing some real character and fight with the bat in the hand in the second innings. That late wicket of Kusal Mendis probably have tilted the balance once again towards England. Otherwise, other than that, they have had a very good day today.
1: Let's start off with Joe Root. Ash 228. He gets a lot of um, people knocking him. When his form drops, it drops to kind of like an average of mid thirties, which is still what some of the players make their careers on. And when he's form's top level, he's as good as anybody in the world. And the way he played the spinners out in goal over the last couple of days has been absolutely exemplary.
0: Yeah, Joe Root is a superb player, and he say he sometimes gets a bit more stick than he probably deserves. He's at, when we say he's out of form, it's because he's only getting sixties and seventies, and he's only averaging top thirties, which seems daft because. A lot of other players, when you look through the England lineup and lineups across the globe, that, that's a, a good effort from them. So, I feel a little bit harsh on him, but he's got such talent, that I guess that's why. And the last few days, he's been absolutely superb. He's gone out there, he's faced the spinners, and he's just made them look very, very, very ordinary and never really looked troubled. And in the end, sort of got himself out trying to go big because he was batting with Stuart Broad. I think, had the tail lasted a bit longer and people like Curran and Best been able to bat around him a bit longer I wouldn't have been shocked to see him go on past the 250 mark and heading towards 300 because he just looked that good and that comfortable and he just nothing ever seemed to change throughout the innings it was just the same tactic batting his way it was working for him brilliantly
1: From a Sri Lankan perspective, Rito, they'll have been, as you say, really pleased with today's play. They definitely won day three and uh, dominated pretty much all of the sessions today. Um, They still trail by 130, but they've got a lot of their batsmen left, eight wickets still to fall. If they could just maybe add another 250 or something, they could make this test match very, very interesting indeed.
2: Well, James, I would like to remind you that the highest successful cheese in a test match at goal is 99. So if Sri Lanka can get 250, he runs tomorrow, so, so that means they would be ahead by 120 tomorrow. England should be uh, should be in worry because that top surface is very loose in goal now, and balls are spinning. The England spinners, let me talk about training, England spinners. They have not hit the lines and lengths consistently. They were far too short or far too wide. Dominic Bess, he has been economical, but he hasn't created the chances. So unlike, but the Sri Lankan spinners were quite good, but Joe Root just nullified them and got a brilliant double. Uh, Hundred. That was a masterclass, I would
1: say. Yeah, Root's Ru- been absolutely superb um, in this game. People keep referring back to this game um, in uh, goal back in 2015 when Sri Lanka took on India. Ash um, Sri Lanka were bowled out for 183 which was the previous lowest score in the first innings in goal they've obviously beaten that unwanted record in this test match India then scored 375 obviously leading by 192 massive favourites to go on and win the game but then Sri Lanka from 5 for 3 at one stage in their second innings went on to score 367 and India were all out for 112 in their fourth innings Sri Lanka winning the test match by 63 runs there's a certain symmetry to this isn't there it kind of the figures might be slightly different Different, but the trend is very much the same.
0: Yeah, I think the, the trend's the same and the fact that it seems to be Sri Lanka maybe don't get their heads quite screwed on at the beginning and then they end up chasing quite a big deficit but do well and get themselves back in front. And I think people almost expect the pitch on day three, days three and four to completely fall apart at goal. But it seems like often it takes till the back end of the fourth day and then the fifth day for it to really disintegrate to the point where it is an absolute minefield to bat on. So I think maybe people were expecting a bit more from the pitch today and that's maybe worried people a little bit. But you'd hope England have a little bit more than sort of India did in that in that game and will have just enough to, to get over the line. But it's still very much in the balance and the first session tomorrow is going to be really, really important and key to where this game
1: goes next. Yeah, cliche, claxon alert from the Badger. But uh, the morning session, the next session in the game is going to be an absolutely crucial one. You can say that about pretty much every single session as you approach it in a test match. But I think tomorrow morning, if Sri Lanka can bat through much of that morning relatively unscathed. They can really put the uh, pressure on England as that test match goes forward. So really fascinating game. <laughs> crickets a game played with balls you've got to look after them in the field badges are furry creatures my friends at manscape.com help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there oh get rid of all that excess fur make sure that you're neat and tidy make sure everything's in the right order oh feeling all good now down in this set oh manscape.com India taking on the Aussies, and India, I think, I, I tweeted earlier on today that I felt that India, considering their injuries, considering the the makeup of their bowling attack at the Gabba, um, I think they did quite well um, to uh, bowl. Australia out for 369. You would not have put any money at all a couple of months ago on India's bowling attack containing Saini, Siraj, Natarajan and Washington Sunder, would you? And considering their inexperience, I think they stuck to their task very well indeed.
2: team has done really well, considering this is the probably A team or B team, uh, fighting against Australia's number one team. For the the bowling attack at the start of this test match had a total of something 11 test wickets and for them to restrict the star-studded Australian batting lineup to 369 was really pleasing to see. As an Indian fan you would like to see more of the same tomorrow morning from the batsmen. The dismissal of of Rohit Sharma before tea uh, today was disheartening. His short selection was probably not the best but still there's a long way to go and hopefully more, much of the same for India.
1: Yeah, Pajara and Rahani will start off tomorrow with a score 62 for two. So uh, still trial by 307 runs there as they go into the next day of that test match. Obviously, that Series 1 apiece at the moment. Australia will be favourites there. They've got an incredible record at the Gabba. They don't lose there. And it's as simple as that. They just don't lose there. But India will still, still very much have a say in this Test match going forward. And Ash, the relative strengths of this Australian side at the moment. We're, we're obviously going to be talking about them in England as our Ashes rivals coming towards the end of this year. Labashane got another century. He's just... Uh, pretty special, isn't he? He starts to test cricket. He's taken to it like a duck to water. But, you look elsewhere David Warner's a little bit out of form Steve Smith maybe not quite as consistent as he sometimes is and then some of the other batsmen don't necessarily um, sort of strike fear to your hearts really in terms of Australia at the moment is this vintage Australia do they rely too much on the fact they've got a terrific bowling attack in Hazelwood Stark and Cummings with Lyon celebrating his 100th test in uh, Brisbane this week where do you see Australia in terms of marks out of 10 for them in terms of their strength at the moment and with 10 being the best we've ever seen from Australia how would you mark them at the moment?
0: I'd probably go for around about a seven I think in terms of the bowling attack it's fantastic don't don't get me wrong but you, as you say you look at the batting and there's a lot of reliance on three people and they are Warner Marnus Labashain and of course Steve Smith now Marnus is doing well yet again at the moment struggling to come up with again a fault and sort of a soft spot where you're going to get him out but for England you look at David Warner and you think Stuart Broad and Jofra Archer have got a number on him now and he, he's not looked great for the last few months probably last year or so so in Red Bull cricket so there's a lot of pressure going to be building I think on him Smith, as you say doesn't seem to be doing as well and there's talk of the short ball and bowling very straight at him maybe being the way to stop him getting these massive scores he's still getting good scores but these massive ones that bat out the game, maybe that's the way. So I think, I think if, if they were all as good as the bowling attack, they'd be one of the best teams Australia have ever had. But the, the batting just seems a little bit weak and a little bit reliant on two, maybe three batsmen for me. So I think actually, on the ashes, it could be a really good competitive affair.
1: How do you see it, Rito, in terms of their strength at the moment? Out of 10, what mark would you give them and uh, where do you see their weaknesses at the moment?
2: Well, much like Ash mentioned, they have got a fantastic bowling back, fast bowling battery right now. But the batting of David Warner, he has got one three hundred against Pakistan either side of it, which he doesn't have a lot of scores. Again, his he has a rotating door at, at his other end. We don't know who might be his batting partner. And Manas Labuschine and Steve Smith has to do the bulk of the batting. And the middle middle order is called also quite flimsy. And the captain, he got runs in this game, but. He's not a proper batsman.
1: He's under pressure, Tim Payne, isn't he, at the moment? I, mean, I think if India won this Test match, there might even be calls for him to uh, to go, Tim Payne. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, a, a few months in, in cricket can be a long time, gone. it? Whether Tim Payne is still captain of this Australian side come the ashes at the end of the year. Tantalisingly poised both of these Test uh, matches at the moment. India's certainly got a, a sniff to at least get a draw from that game if they can bat anything like over the next uh, day. Sri Lanka still got a bit of a sniff at Gaul to uh, overcome England. Uh, in terms of, I just want two words from you or two countries from you. I want you to tell me the winning side or if it's a draw, say draw um, at both Gaul and uh, the Gabba. Rito?
2: Well, in Gaul, England are quite uh, in a commanding position still now. 130 on that pitch is quite a decent lead and tomorrow morning, a couple of quick wickets, and they're in again in box seat. So England to win that test match and Here in Brisbane, if weather does not play a part, then Australia to win that.
1: That was a very long one word answer, but thank you. And uh, Ash, what about you?
0: England and then Australia for me.
1: Going to be really interesting. I love Test cricket, and uh, I think the, both of these games are showing why Test cricket is fantastic and uh, should be maintained for thousands of years to come. Um, England playing very nicely in gold, being held up a little bit by Sri Lankan resistance. That resistance could become more serious if they don't have a good couple of sessions early on tomorrow. England, they need wickets there, and India need runs at the Gabba as the big bash stands. It could not be tighter, could it? If we go back to that competition, we look at that table, got a situation in the big bash where, as I said before, four points separate Sydney Thunder in second, all the way down through the Scorchers, the Stars, the Heat, the Strikers, down to the Hobart Hurricanes. Four points separate, second and seventh. Top five qualify. It's going to be really exciting over the next week or so to see how that settles down. Looks like the Sixers are going to be in the final five It looks like the Melbourne Renegades, we're going to be saying goodbye to them prematurely. But all of the other sides have plenty to fight for. There are not very many dead rubbers. There's no dead rubbers in this Big Bash League. It's going to be fascinating to see how that pans out. Ash and Rito, thank you for joining me today.
2: Cheers, James. Cheers, Rito. The pleasure talking to you, James. Cheers, Ash.
1: And uh, thank you out there for listening as well. Stay tuned. The Big Bash dailies will be back with you every single day all the way through to the final of the Big Bash on the 6th of February. Thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their continued support of these podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at cricket underscore badger. And if you can, leave a nice like or a nice comment or subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. I've been James the Cricket Badger and I'll talk to you again tomorrow. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket
0: Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow.
1: See you then.
2: Sports Social Podcast Network.